0: Welcome back to this week's podcast, everybody. Luke here once again. I hope you enjoyed the interview I posted as a bonus. Hope to be doing an interview like that every couple of weeks. Thought it'd be kind of fun to start off with my father, my dad, as the first one, because what better way to kick off a series like that? Talking to interesting people, learning about what they're doing in the world, and kind of telling you their story. Let me know what you think of it. If you haven't seen that, check out the previous podcast right before this one to hear his story of working with inner city youth, moving into the inner city and more. Now, if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're watching this or listen to it on the podcast, we post this on YouTube and there is an MP3 only version available on many popular podcasting apps like Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and more. You can find that just by searching for The Breakdown with Luke or I'll put a link to it down below if you're listening to this on YouTube if you just want to get the MP3. Welcome to all the new subscribers. So we had quite a few last week. Thank you so much for that support. I really appreciate it. Also, if you have a story, an email, or something you want me to discuss, or you want me to answer your question, send me an email, thebreakdownwithluke at gmail.com. I would really appreciate it. All right, let's dive into it. Starting off today with a discussion I wanted to kick off with everybody. Before we get into the news, and I have a ton of news stories for us to go over, but something that has caught my attention recently is the conversation of, well, these internet companies are just private companies. They can do whatever they want. First Amendment, all that doesn't apply. And I increasingly am starting to wonder if we're getting to the point where the internet is a need. Not just a want, not just something fun, but increasingly a need. For example, in Michigan, they were announced that Secretary of State appointments, like title car and more, will no longer be allowing walk-up. You must go online to schedule an appointment, and they didn't even, at least in the advertising I heard, offer a phone number. You had to go online. Increasingly, day-to-day necessities aren't being offered a lot because of the pandemic in person or by phone but exclusively online. And if that's the direction we're going, I think I may finally be coming over to the camp that basic internet access is something that we need to take into consideration in America. If getting your car title requires you have internet, paying your taxes, if getting a hold of your elected officials, and especially now with with many um, city offices and more, still close to the general public, by appointment only, well, how do you make an appointment? You have to go online. That kinda really changed my thoughts on the idea of, is the internet increasingly becoming a public utility? And if so, how are we gonna respond to make sure that everybody has access to be able to go make a Secretary of State appointment by getting online? Or does that mean we're gonna offer kiosks? You know, if I pull up to the Secretary of State office, is there an exterior kiosk I can walk up to to make an appointment? Is there a kiosk like that outside government buildings? Or are we going to start mandating access to the internet? I don't know. That's a, a question, and it doesn't stop there. Now, the question is something to really wrap your brain around. I really want to throw out there as a idea to get a conversation, not to make a political statement or anything like that. You know, we like to keep this very political-free. But related to the internet, this kind of raises some interesting questions. Did you know TV and radio stations must make advertising available to candidates to run ads on for example you know tv stations must be if a candidate is has announced that they are running for a potential office are qualified and are qualified to be on the ballot or eligible to be a write-in candidate tv stations must make um fair use of it they must have quote reasonable access to their advertising time for that candidate doesn't mean they have to give it away for free but it does mean certain things like they can't charge a premium for advertising to politicians versus non-politicians and more. Though it often does drive up the pricing in election years because they dump a lot of money into it. So what does that mean for the internet though? If we're moving away from traditional media to the internet, are we going to start having the same kind of rules here? Are we going to require websites to run ads from politicians in the same way we require uh ads to be run on your afternoon TV news or afternoon programming, sporting events, and more? That's a real question that I think will be something that we have to answer in our lifetime. I do increasingly think if we're going to, as a federal government, say, or state and local, if you want to go do XYZ, you must first reach us on the internet. You must first contact us. You know, Our phone center is not open because of the pandemic. You have to go online. From now on in Michigan, if you want a Secretary of State appointment, you have to go online. I think that raises the real question. Well, now we have to ensure that people have a way of doing that. I think it wasn't a big, as big of a deal in the past where it's like, hey, you know, oh yeah, online's great, but you can also contact us by phone, you can write us, you can just walk into our office. Well, when we're removing the walking into your office, the phone is almost impossible, and the write us isn't promoted, I do think that we now need to consider what the internet is. Am I crazy? Is the internet starting to become more and more popular? I do know there are assistant programs for that kind of stuff. But as a fundamental right, are we getting to that point or not yet? I think it's interesting. I do think the internet has a luxury to a point. I think TV is a luxury. Now, we do have, for most people, over the air, free radio, free TV for access to information, but most of that information is now moving online. Does that change everything? Leave me a comment. Let me know. Am I crazy? It's something I've been thinking about. I don't think I have a real answer to it. I don't think I have an answer of where is the line. And that's really the question. You know, where's the line? Are we, you know, really guaranteeing people the right to play video games online? Are we really guaranteeing the people the right to shop on Amazon? I don't know. But as more and more companies become more and more powerful online and act as gatekeepers to content, are we going to have to have reasonable use rules similar to what the FCC now has for broadcasters that say, hey, if you want access to our internet or uh, your candidate or your TV or whatever, you have to let our partitions run ads on your content to maintain your license. Let me know what you think. i will love to hear from you. All right, so let's dive into the news now that we've got the weird question of the day out of the way. All right, a new report out says Amazon Ring is now the largest civilian surveillance network the U.S. has ever seen, with one in 10 police departments using video from Ring doorbells uh, warrant securities. Yes, 1,800 law enforcement agencies across the country have partnered with Amazon and Ring to access videos there, whether through warrants or other means, or people just giving them up. To me a little bit, I actually kind of like this. You know, if there's a crime, I have exterior ring cameras on my property, both in the backyard and in the front yard. Uh, I do that a lot just to kind of know a, a little bit for me, you know, if somebody rings the doorbell, do I really need to go or is it just the package guy there dropping off a package ringing the doorbell leaving. Something they don't do as often anymore, I actually noticed. But I also like it. You know, if my car smashed up, I love the idea of my neighbors have a camera if they give that to the police. Uh, Let me know. Does that scare you, though? I think it does raise a lot of questions about interior cameras. You know, what kind of rules, what kind of uh, access is there? I'm all for the idea of, hey, you bring a warrant. Yeah, here it is. Or I, as a citizen, say, here, police department, here's my um, video. Take it. I'm happy to help solve who smashed my car or who smashed my neighbor's car, who stole a package off my neighbor's property, and more. You also hear these about a lot more severe crimes, kidnappings, assault, and more. Caught on camera, helped solve it. So I like that. Though I do think that there needs to be some type of thing. I don't think that the law enforcement should just be able to show up. uh, But I do like it. When you look at this, it does show how uh many law enforcement agencies file requests for this you know either direct to the person direct to the company or goes through the court system and i think that's the right way to do this let me know what you think all right something i thought was interesting i want to know what it is like with you here in michigan one of the heaviest hit places with the pandemic i know they recently lifted the face mask requirements i was at target this morning it's been almost a week since the rules changed Target does not require it, though I did notice about 60 to 70 percent of the customers were still wearing it and 80 percent of the staff were still wearing face masks. How does that compare to your area? Are you still doing it? What do you think? I kind of expect in the weeks to come that the percentage of people still wearing them will continue to drop. I think a lot of people right now are like, do they allow it? Do they not allow it? You know, what's the rules? You know, if you didn't do your research, you may just assume, hey, I still need to wear it. Uh, I think that percentage will be going down, but I'd love to hear from you. What is the percentage where you live? All right, do you miss some classic uh, Burger King chicken nuggets? Yes, the crown-shaped chicken nuggets are coming back at Burger King this summer. They haven't completely got rid of chicken nuggets, but Burger King is bringing back the special crown-shaped ones for the kids' meals. Do you miss them? Did you even know they were gone or were a thing? I remember getting those as a kid. Kind of excited to see them coming back. All right, Amazon is rolling out an update that turns your Echo into a security camera if you enable it. Yes, Echoes, um, shows, whether it be the full-size 10-inch, 8-inch, or 5-inch, will now allow you in the settings to go in there and enable it to be used as a security camera. Now, you must physically go to each device, which I think this is a great security feature here. You must actually walk over to the Echo Swipe down, go into the settings, and enable this on each individual one. A few things, if you don't want the one in your bedroom or something, you don't have to use it. Now, I do like the ability on the um, smaller ones that I can just slide over and block the camera. I do that on the ones in my bedroom, bathroom, and more. I love the ability in the morning to listen to the music. I do like the having to actually talk to the alarm to turn it off. I think that wakes me up a little bit better. Uh, but I don't want the camera there. Though in my kitchen, I do like to have that there. I do like the ability when I'm out and about, maybe just my daughter uh, home or the babysitter with them, just to drop in and see what they're what they're doing there. I think that's a great option right there. I'm very excited to see the addition of that. It does put up an alert on it, and if you so choose, you can also set it to make an audible tone. I didn't do the audible tone in case something weird's happening. Didn't want them necessarily hearing that I was dropping in on it. But it is enabled by default to enable at least, at minimum I should say, a message on your screen saying, hey, somebody's watching you. So keep that in mind. Next story up. Something I thought was kind of a no-brainer, but apparently this is a big thing. For the first time in many years, the video game market is expected to contract in 2021. To me, this is a no-brainer, right? Video games set records in 2020 because there wasn't a lot of other things to do. For example, I had deliberately not bought a PlayStation 4. I, had, I still have PS3, but I didn't buy a PS4 because I was so busy. I was worried I would spend too much time on it and not actually do my work. Well, 2020 comes around. Yeah, I did sell my business, but even beyond that, it wasn't like I was going out golfing. I wasn't going out to restaurants. I wasn't going to church functions or my daughter's recital or whatever i suddenly had a lot of free time and to do that we filled it with video games a little bit i uh, definitely played more video games in 2020 than i had in probably the last couple of years before that combined and i spent more on video games than i had in the last few years before that so i guess it doesn't surprise me and it does surprise me a little bit the way investors react to that right you see this oh stocks are coming back on entertainment companies, gaming companies, because sales are expected to drop. Well, no kidding. But from looking at the numbers, it does appear that sales will still be noticeably higher than in 2019. So in 2019, $144 and change were done. In 2020, $177 billion were sold. And in 2021, they predict $175 billion. To me i'm actually surprised it's so high i thought there would be a bigger pullback from video games i know people love video games but i think you know with the ability to finally go out and get out of the house kind of expected more people would be rushing to take advantage of that does that surprise you do you think there'd be a bigger pullback in video games than predicted um or do you think gamers are just going to keep going and we'll see the growth they do say it may take until 2023 to um, top what 2020 did. I don't think it will take that long, I really don't. I think there will be a year uh, or so of people maybe buying less, but gaming is fun. (laughs) I love video games, don't get me wrong. A lot of people enjoy it and I think a lot of people will work hard uh, to spend their money on video games that they can enjoy. To them it's like golfing, it's like outdoor sports, it's like playing basketball. They play video games and I really don't think there's anything wrong with that. One story that kind of grabbed my attention, and I may be a victim of this if I'm really honest with myself, and I wonder if you are a victim of this too if you're really honest with yourselves. According to a new study, 40% of university students are addicted to their smartphone. I, yeah, okay, I'm 100% guilty of this. I really got into it when I ran my old cars News business. I was on my phone 24 seven. Can't miss that breaking news. Can't miss that important email. Just on it, on it, on it, on it. And yeah, I think I'm still addicted to my smartphone. I won't lie. And I think if people were honest, (laughs) probably more than 40% are addicted to their smartphones. And apparently can have some health issues, including poor sleep with it. So I don't know how big of an impact it has happened on my life. It's probably not the best thing to be this addicted to it. Um, And I think my case may be a little bit different because with my work being so heavily done on a smartphone that I got very much in the mindset of doing it. But I wonder if there's going to be increasing studies and regulations, especially about younger kids. My daughter would be on her phone or tablet. We just gave her an old phone that doesn't even have a SIM card in it, but it allows her to connect to the Wi-Fi. Though we really, in the recent few weeks even, have really started paying even more attention to it. Went from something that was like, oh, after school, half an hour, 45 minutes, to more and more and more, and we recently started to cut back on it. You know, We want to make sure that that's not her primary way of doing everything in life. But then I look myself in the mirror and say, well, it kind of is for me. You know, I'm on my phone. I get out of the car, first thing I do is look at my phone. I wake up, first thing I do is look at my phone. Before I go to bed, the first or last thing I do is look at my phone. In fairness, when it was work, yeah. Had to make sure I didn't have any emails. Uh, When I woke up, can't tell you how many times I would actually hit post on a story from bed. So if you were looking at the first story of the day back when I ran the site, that post probably came from me laying in bed. I would always have a post pre-done, ready to go first thing in the morning. I would check to make sure there wasn't some big news story, something that happened overnight that I needed to kind of change up the order of posting for. And then I would uh, hit post on it. So addicted? Yeah. I think to this day I still do that. I still check my phone first thing. I still go to last thing before I go to bed. So i will love to know. Is it negatively affecting your life or not? Do you think you are f- affected by the smartphone addiction or not? I don't know. Let me know. Don't forget you can always email me. Uh, TheBreakdownWithLuke at gmail.com. Again, it's the breakdown with Luke. At gmail.com. All right, in a story that may raise a lot of questions, what do you do when somebody steals your likeness? And the biggest problem is they're not from your country. Instagram influencers, we're calling people who post a lot of photos on Instagram who aren't anyway in an adult kind of role or adult um, situations are finding that adult doll makers out of China are using their image to sell adult dolls for people to buy and use without their permission yes how would you like to wake up and find out somebody made an adult doll we'll call them for adult uses that look exactly like you even are named after you and in the description they specifically link to your instagram account and say here's the inspiration this doll looks just like this person and you can buy it now to use how would that make you feel well it's actually happening Yes, one um, one lady in Israel who is an Instagram influencer with a large following has found out that a maker of these adult dolls in China is doing just that. Definitely raises huge ethical questions, but it raises the real issue. What do you do about that? If you're, in the, if you're in Israel, you're in the United States or wherever, and somebody in a completely different country starts copying your likeness, what do you do about that? That's actually surprisingly difficult. You know, I had a website and people would copy my content, put it online. I had ways to go and prevent that. But how do I stop somebody from making a doll that looks just like me? That's actually pretty difficult, to be honest with you. There's really no clear-cut way to stop that. Uh, Do you think there is? What do you think people like that should be able to do? That definitely raises a lot of questions in my mind, to be honest with you. I'd love to know what you think, but... Uh, do you worry about that? Is that something? I mean, you don't necessarily have to be a famous model to have this happen to you. Somebody finds your photo and wants to copy it, that's a real possibility nowadays. Do you think there should be laws against this kind of behavior? And some type of international agreements on it? Let me know what you think. And lastly, in Milwaukee, a local bakery was robbed and the bakers are getting their revenge. So next time you buy a cookie from that local bakery, if you notice there's a picture on it, that's actually the person who robbed their bakery. So make sure to keep your eye out for that person as you enjoy your sugar cookie. Be interested to see if it actually helps catch the burglar or not, but it definitely brought attention to that particular case. One surprising news story did come out recently about something that did happen. Everybody was expecting this week to get news of a Google Pixel 6. Traditionally, at Google I.O. in May, we get an announcement of a new Google Pixel smartphone coming out. And I'm actually really excited. So I have the Pixel 4. I absolutely love it. But it's definitely time to upgrade. My phone's starting to show its age a little bit, battery, and all that stuff. I get a lot of use out of it, like I talked about earlier. But uh, they didn't. Now, a lot of rumor has it is the chip shortage. Google is struggling to get enough uh, chips to manufacture it. We do know the phone's real because Google themselves and one of their PR videos released, including it, an image of a phone that exactly matched the description of the leaked Pixel 6 and was clearly a never-before-announced Pixel device. Uh, now, a lot of people are still targeting fall, late summer as a release date. I do expect that to be true. But kind of shocked they didn't at least announce it, even if they said it couldn't come out quite yet. Maybe they were worried. I don't know. Are you a Android fan? Are you excited for a new phone? Leave me a comment. Let me know. Well, that's it for today. If you have a question, comment, something you want me to answer in the podcast, send me an email, thebreakdownwithluke at gmail.com. And follow us on social media, LukeBK on Twitter, where I chat about all kinds of different things out there. I'll pull links to our Discord group if you want to join that. Thank you to everybody for your support. And don't forget, this is available in an MP3 version or in a YouTube version, depending on how you originally get this. Thank you, everybody, for your support. Seeing great growth. We'll be back with another podcast next week.